0: Hey, it's the Disaster Prince, and um, today I'm going to be talking uh, by myself again. I don't have any guests, Uh, but today I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite manga of all time. Yeah, I'm back on my manga shit. Blade of the Immortal. Uh, I actually have part of the Omnibus in my hand right now. The um, volume six, it's part of Ignore My Dog. Manji gets sent to torture prison. Uh, So, spoilers for Blade of the Immortal. Uh, what caught my eye about this narrative was actually a recommendation from my friend Lila, and the basic premise is, a man is immortal, and to lose his immortality, he has to kill a a thousand evil people, Uh, and you would expect it to be your standard, like, slasher, cool action movie thing. Uh, he kills at most, like, two truly evil people, and it's a narrative about, like, the the mistake in that claim. And uh like it's all it's a narrative about the body, which is weird. Uh but you know what, let me tell you about the plot. So there are two main characters. There is Manji. Um Manji is this immoral dude. Uh he is a God, he he's, he used to be a samurai. Now he's just kind of like a rogue warrior. Um, there's a the a Kenshin, I think, Kenshi something. Um, but he's a rogue warrior and he's immortal and he's got this, he's like big scars. And, um, he also wears a huge swastika on his back, which, uh, let me explain. The writer uh, said this all the way back and it's not like the Nazi swastika. It's specifically the very specific way that, uh, <clears throat> it was originally meant to me. Uh, the original pattern is, Uh, it was supposed to have, and to the point where when it was first translated over, they had to physically cut the (laughs) shape apart. Yeah, they had to uh, cut the pages apart and paste them back the right way so that they didn't accidentally copy over the Nazi swastika. Um, He uh, is immortal, obviously, and his immortality came Because he had killed uh, 100 people. We have another favorite, one of my favorite characters, who is a 100-man slayer. I don't know if it has any relation to the Zerk or if that's just, like, a cool number. Yeah, he killed 100 people uh, running from the police. And we don't really know that much about his childhood, except that he has a sister who dies. uh, It's basically his fault. Um, And he's sort of uh, running around kind of being an idiot sort of trying to live his life without interacting with people Uh, because he's sworn to kill a thousand evil men to make for for the hundred lives he uh, got rid of or the hundred people he killed uh, so he could finally lose his immortality because he thinks having his immortality is a bad thing because it makes him really rusty at fighting Uh, he claims that the fact that he knows he, he can't be kept down is a problem because, uh, his body instinctively knows it and he gets worse and worse at fighting and he gets more pain, uh, he gets more beat up every time. Now, there are actually a couple ways to take Manji out. Manji is aware of a couple of them. He knows there's a specific poison, uh, that shows up once. There is decapitation. And, uh, in my omnibus right here, they state a couple of the other ways that, uh, he's experimented on, uh, for some parts, and they figure out some ways to keep them down. Uh, I think freezing is one that they go with. Um, like, I forget if it's starving to death it counts, but I know if someone's frozen to death, uh, it causes a problem. And what else is there? There's a lot of stuff uh, that there's this nerve-wracking fight and he has later on with this dude named Shira, uh, and it's really really stressful because we've recently learned all the ways men can be kept down, and Shira's, like, taking advantage of all of them. Uh, Hypothermia is a big one, a big, pretty easy one. And that doesn't go great for him, but, you know, it goes. So, Bloody the Moral has another main character, and her name is Asana Ren. Uh, Mandy doesn't have a last name, or at least we're never told one. He apparently grew up uh, in the mountains as a child and then came under the guise of some lord and killed a bunch of people for him and then realized, oh, crap, this lord is evil, killed a bunch of police, and then kind of uh, went to live on his own. So Asana Rin and his parents were uh, killed in front of her when she was 14, I think, which is messed up. Uh, and she swears revenge against this new dojo called the... Uh, God, what are they called? I'm just gonna have to pull up the wiki again. But she's um the main villain kills her parents. Uh and that kind of the Ito Ryu. something like that. Uh and they are going after places because um like they're going after people because different people, I mean dojos, because they're getting rid of this old style of fighting because they think it they think the traditional Samurai so style fighting is not practical anymore because there's been a real war in years, so no one's really actually a fighter. And their whole thing is if you can beat someone in one on one combat, you you're in, you're into the Idoryo. Um and they've got all these different rules. Now uh that goes pretty well for them because they consolidate power and eventually uh the shogunate is willing to take them <clears throat> take them as a sword school teacher. Pretty intense stuff. Uh, I actually have some meta I've written. I so dare I say meta because it's not actually that you know well thought out, but about the main themes in Blade of the Immortal. Uh, and one thing that's interesting about the manga itself is that it's rare to find a narrative where um, there's like a 20-something dude Twenty thirty. 30. Uh, I think he's implied to be more 30 than 20. Yeah, I'm sure he has an age. I think he's like 30. Uh, and a 16-year-old girl. And the dude hates his body more. Uh, because Manji doesn't like being a mortal because it causes him pain and it makes him worse at his job. Um, and he kind of he does this thing where he sort of views himself as only being a weapon. And There's a lot of themes about like who you hurt when you try to get revenge because uh, Asuna Rin is tries to get revenge, but it doesn't go great because she keeps realizing that the people she kills, they are connected to other people. Like there's this one, there's this one arc where she runs into this mask maker who was there um, when she, when her parents were killed Um the first couple arcs are taking out people who were there at the scene, and then it starts getting a little more tricky and a little more complicated. I didn't actually get it the first time I read it. I reread it a couple months ago, and it made a lot more sense because the first time I had read it, which was like a year ago now, I had just been really tired when I was reading it, and I'd skipped over some of the uh, actually important things. So, uh, Sonoran, uh, this massmaker, maker, killed her mother and her father. You know, they all kind of did it together. And they run into the math maker, and Rin is so prepared to kill him. Uh, and Manji, you know, he's kind of involved. He's... he's not. They don't really communicate well. So, I mean, they're, they're like a great found family, but they don't really communicate well. So, Rin goes off, and she goes to have um, tea with this... Wait, she does not go to have tea with this man. She saves a little boy from a shogunate, not a a samurai, uh, because the little boy accidentally um, ruined the samurai's sandal. So she goes and she bows and she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, let me just fix this for you, that's my little brother. It's not actually her little brother, but that's another theme, which is use, like, assume your family relation to protect someone, like marrying or uh, being like, that's my little sister, little brother, as a way to protect someone. Um, the protection of family and Rin is kind of at the beginning sort of the story left without family so is Manji um there's some now let's think about it yeah that's kind of a common theme there's also a bit where she has to masquerade as someone's sister so that's telling um, to get through a checkpoint yeah Manji and Rin uh, Rin goes to again I'm sorry I'm really tired right now so forgive me if I get sidetracked but Rin goes to have uh, tea with the boy and his father so that the father can say thank you and then she says, the father's the masked man she saw earlier and he's like oh I'm sorry you know like it's Ms. Ma like I'm trying to turn over a whole new leaf and you kind of start feeling bad for the dude um, and then you more of what happened is revealed and you realize that he did some really fucked up stuff to the mother's corpse and uh, and it's kind of like, oh, we shouldn't feel bad for this person. But also, his son goes through so much. He's later like, oh, God, the son goes through, through so much. He's, like, later kidnapped. Well, first he sees Rin kill, kill his uh, No, he does not see Rin kill his dad. He sees Manji kill his dad because Manji shows up to save Rin. Um, and then he's kidnapped by this guy named Shira, who's a member of these condemned criminals who are given the chance to work for the shogunate to, you know, get uh, get off death row. None of them, uh, no, Gichi and Hikaru Rin make it. Uh, They make it, I think, off death row, but no one else does. Shira is one of the truly evil men in this story. He's just disgusting and bad, but he does have a lot of really great lines. For example, there's another character in this I really like. Um, And uh, he inspired a character from another manga I really like. Uh, he inspired uh, the design for Hate Kakashi from Naruto. Uh, Forgive me, I'm Googling uh, what character it is. So So I always forget their names. Um, But because he is this homegrown kind of warrior who, Teicho Magetsu. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But he's got the style, uh, face is always covered, hair puffs out. Uh, he's, he's one of the original people who was there when Rin's parents were killed, but he kind of separates himself as being different because he, when he, when he hurt, he was like, okay, okay, we can kill the parents, which is bad. But he was like, you know, we don't, we don't have to do gross stuff. We don't have to be creepy about it. Um, and we don't have to kill them in front of this girl and the rest. And he was like, I'm leaving. You're like, I can't be part of this. Uh, and he has a lot of good fight scenes. There's a bit where he and Manji have to team up, and it's very fun because neither of them particularly like each other, but they're both really kind of dumb. Uh, and he's got this very fun fighting style that's described as homegrown, his own. He's got like this sword that splits into multiple parts, and. He, he hates the rich, and he hates the samurai, and he's just kind of shaking out on his own. And I like him as a character. Uh, and that bring, kind of brings me into what I want to talk about today, which is the main theme of Blade Immortal, in my opinion, is has to do with what it means to own your own body and to have control over your own body, your own physical autonomy. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what the full like, implies, like, you know, it's more than just it's good good to have physical control of your own body, but I think it's almost like you have to be kind to your body to have control over it. Uh, but you uh, get control in different ways. Um, uh, for example, Hikaru Rin is introduced. She's a member of the Death Row Squad who has to do these assassinations. And she's introduced, uh, she poisons a drink. And she poisons. She poisons two drinks, and she masquerades as this housewife. And she poisons her drink and um, the other dude's drink, but she had already swallowed something that would sort of counteract the poison. But like, it's not good for her. So uh, she. We're first introduced to her doing like messed up things to her body, uh, and then later she's uh, kidnapped and tortured for a while, and uh, her her bones are broken to the point where she can't shoot her mini crossbow like she could. So she's left without the things that made her uh, powerful and the things that allowed her to be in control. Um, There's also Mackie who is the most powerful character in Blade of the Immortal. She is so cool, but she's got these major themes of control of her own body too. Since she were introduced to her uh, when she's a prostitute and uh, she cuts her hair uh, and, at one point and that like allows her to have this emotional breakthrough where she gets really good at fighting again and she's just like a god at fighting at one point she's only she's only challenged by these other guys because she is physically dying of tuberculosis during the fight like quite literally blind and almost blind in death because of her tuberculosis which is wild uh, and she's she's just repeatedly described by some of the best fighters in the book as like just on a whole nother level. She wrecks Manji pretty badly uh, when they first when they fight for the second time, they fight for their, their real time. And then uh, there are these scenes with her where uh, she's like full of guilt, and she's tied this rope to her hands and it's like starting to bite in and uh, graft to her skin. And then atsu, who is the main villain? At this, he's kind of the main villain for a while. But there's this other guy who sort of also becomes the main villain because uh, everyone. It kind of becomes three factions. There's uh, this guy Hibaki, who is a member of the Shogunate. Um, he's in charge, and he kind of has to get rid of. And that's uh, um group after they betray them, and he's cool. He's drawn really cool. He reminds me of a um, Bradley from FMA, just with the cool sword guy with eye patch. And he he's introduced to the point where the art has really improved in the book because the art was always really great, but it gets so much better as it goes on. Like when he's introduced, there's so much detail in all of his outfits, and yeah, uh, I'm just looking at some of the pictures in my book right now. All the fight scenes in Blade of the Immortal are beautiful. Um, And a lot of messed up things happen to a lot of characters. It's uh, not particularly a book for the faint of heart. I don't think it's as bad as Berserk. Um, But Manji gets repeatedly maimed because he's immortal and he will always heal. So the author can maim him as much as he wants. And he really enjoys cutting off Manji's limbs. Like, it's a real thing. It's a whole thing uh manji has lots of themes with control over his own body for example he does not want to be immortal he has to kill people to uh stop being immortal or at least that's kind of the deal he's made though the woman he makes the deal with isn't actually has just been controlled by the, not controlled, she is also in possession of the bloodworms, which are the things that make sure he stays immortal. And she's like, okay, I guess if you want to try that, maybe that'll work. But she kind of implies that he has to, like, make peace with himself to die. Or at least to be human again. Uh, But uh, he is, as I mentioned before, tortured. Uh, He's more than tortured. He has experimented on, because they want to figure out why, what exactly makes them tick, and how they can implant that immortality into other people. Uh, it doesn't go great for Manji because he is kidnapped and tortured. They kind of figure out his weaknesses and his strengths, but they can never fully transmit the sheer power of the bloodworms onto someone else. They kind of figure out how it works, and you get a better understanding as the reader. Um, but there are a lot, uh, because... It's revealed that um, you have to have, like, the right blood type for it. But because they live in feudal Japan, they don't have any blood. They can't tell what people's blood types are. There's this whole messed up sequence when they just get a whole crap ton of prisoners. And they keep trying to transplant limbs as quickly as possible to figure out who has the right blood type. Um, It's messed up. Yeah. And that's eventually how Rin ends up saving Manji from Georgia Prison. Uh, here's the line. Uh uh, this is the man experimenting on Manji. So warning, this is probably going to be a little gruesome. When I was jailed in my cell, I saw the Nagata of my youth. One day a bonsai artist in the same Nag- Nagaya taught me how to do the Tushogi with cherry trees. Uh you never heard of Tushogi? It's hard to craft branches from buds from one plant onto another. Fascinating. Very deep. If you think you can graft any old plant, think again. There's compatibility. For instance, cherry and plum are related. It's easy to graft. But pine and plum? Forget it. Compatible and incompatible plants. Then I saw it. I couldn't say... We couldn't... Couldn't we say the same about my surgeries? Five men after Dutlaw died. If the procedure was the same, then what was the problem? Please think back. Recall how they perished. Blood in their bodies coagulated everywhere. And as a result, rotting limbs failed hearts and lungs because Manji's blood mixed with theirs. In other words, bad blood. Maybe I thought humans have blood compatibility. So I considered. The top priority wasn't surgery. Surgery it was matching blood. Before, when I killed those five felons, I was paralyzed by fear of failure. But thinking back, anyone could get five with bad blood. What can you learn from five? You need more and more and more and more, like sifting gold dust from mud. And you can tell he gets a little manic near the end. And maybe he doesn't really have much control of himself. I mean, he's kidnapped and tortured, but he's also kept under for um, a while. Uh, and then he spends a lot of time without an arm. And then uh, he gets this other dude's arm at one point, And it's gross to look at. Uh, Shira, we're back to Shira. Shira is gross and terrible, um, does a lot of murder, a lot of rape, um, but he, at one point, gets his arm cut off, no, his hand cut off, and then he sharpens the bone down to a blade and goes insane for the pain, so he tries to fight Manji and, um, oh god, Magetsu again, uh, that doesn't go super great, but you know, uh, he gets his other arm cut off and then we think he's gone and then he comes back and he's got both of his arms cut off and, like, narrowed down to points. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he also has this, uh, the son of the masked man, as I mentioned further, masked man, he he makes masks, made masks, he said, um, is forced to, um, do everything that would require hands. Like, uh, Rin is tied up at one point. And the fact that he, like, the fact that he is being used for the skills of his body that Shiro doesn't have, he also has no control over his, um, own body. Uh, there are a lot of great ideas in Blade of the Immortal, like, you know, you should have control of your own body, and also, like, cool fight scenes and stuff, and, you know, the idea that whoever wins gets to tell the story, uh, but those are all kind of classic ideas. Um, another thing about Braid of the Immortal, what do I want to talk about, okay, Something your peasants. just a peasant, yeah, uh, there's also a theme about how the kind of government kind of owns you, because, Characters like Tato and his sister are destroyed. Like, they get their lives ruined uh, because of the government, because they just think they can do whatever. And it's sort of about fighting back against that. Like, Manji and Rin are perfectly positioned to not be totally against the government, even though they are both wanted criminals, or not to be totally for the government. Uh, which is nice um, to leave things pretty clear. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> In the um the first page of the Omnibus, just says about the translation. And there are three sections, Then it's the artwork, the sound effects, and dialogue, the swastika. Yeah, uh, let me just give you the swastika. The main character of Blade of the Immortal, Manji, has taken the crux grammata from, as both his name and his personal symbol. The symbol is also known as the swastika, a name derived from Sanskrit and uh, savaska, from the Sanskrit Savaska, meaning welfare, as a symbol of prosperity and good fortune. The swastika is widely used to the ancient world, including North and South America, has been bound as a symbol of Buddhism since ancient times. To be precise, the symbol generally used in Buddhism is the Savvaska okay, something. I ruined that. Uh, which moves this counterclockwise direction and is called manji in Japanese. Um, and it's just like, it's important to the readers to understand that the swastika has ancient and honorable origins origins and that those that apply to story which take place in the 18th century uh and it's just like yeah it's just a symbol i wanted to give this guy and another big theme in buddy model is like trying to start your life over and well <laughs> a lot of characters try to start their lives over there are a lot of minor characters there are many it are members who win ends up talking with i mean Oh, there's a plotline where she's stuck with a really sick Natsu and she can't bring herself to kill him while he's in such a weak state. Because as much as she swore to kill natsu she wants to get rid of him in a fair fight. Uh, she's not actually that powerful, but she kind of swears to become a more powerful person. Um, uh, she doesn't really get that far, but she does, you know, train and gets further. She at one point is like takes a beating from Manji and is just trying to help him out. Her dynamic with Manji is super cute. There are a lot of scenes where he's just, they refer to each other as like big brother or little sister, because Manji lost his little sister and blames himself for it vaguely, rightfully. Uh, but he sees her as another, another little sister, not a replacement, but like perhaps a new little sister versus the older brother and almost parental figure she never had. And there's this great scene where, like, near the very beginning, and uh, she's like, he, he's admitted by then that he thinks she looks like his little sister and almost feels like she's his little sister. And he said, and she says, well, uh, you're right. And big brother. And he says, it's honorable, big brother. And it's just sweet. And um, he, like, shows her how to do stuff. And she also, like, you know, is a really great companion. I really like that they don't fall in love. Like, it's hinted at the beginning of the story that they might fall in love, and it's, it's many times that Rin has a crush on Mandy, but it never goes anywhere. Uh, Their big change in their relationship is not a romance, but it's more her starting to be seen as equal. Like, she's willing to die for him now, uh, rather than complete her quest. Uh, That's a, a very important quote from the manga is... What's worse, um, to never complete, um, to know you're never, it's something like, to know you're never able to complete your quest, or to die before you, uh, or to die before you find out. Let me find it. So it's a really great quote. Uh, Dying without achieving your goals, or living for years, and realizing you'll never achieve them, which is worse. Uh, And at one point, she's willing to die for Manji, without completing her goal, which it just tells that they have changed and they've kind of improved their philosophy on things. Uh, the magazines are really cute because you'll see them like outside of the regular speech bubbles, they'll just grumble things, and it, it adds a layer of realism. And uh, then what I have open here is the final chapter of *Ready to Immortal* on my Chrome, my Chromebook, my computer. And in that, it's year. Uh, in that, it's a really good ending, but it's like sad. So, Manji and Rin are still alive, and Rin decides she's going to set out on a pilgrimage, and she's going to try to apologize and fix all the people she's hurt along her journey, and then keep helping people. And it's she's she's got to do it on her own. Um, so she's confessing to Hikaru Rin, who is going to settle down, and it's uh, has settled down with uh, her boyfriend husband Yugi, and. She's got a kid, uh, or she's going to have a kid. And she's saying, the the child in my belly doesn't need a brat like you to worry about it. Um, As for being able to sympathize with others like that, you're 10 years too early. What are you doing talking about people's children? You're a child yourself. Try looking at it from the perspective of a mature woman like me. Uh, Brought shit out like brats. I always wanted something to eat always wanting something or wanting to eat something, wanting to be with someone or wanting to say something, they should make trouble for the people around them. And she's saying, you know, it's it's fine for you to, like, hurt people. You don't always kind of have to be in service of these people, uh, in the service of the wants of others. And in the end, she's uh, she's not going to meet up with Manji again. She's going to go out on her own. And she's going to do this pilgrimage on her own. And a little before she says that to... Uh, I can't remember I said that to her. She said, uh, um, Arun asks, uh, if you're going out on a pilgrimage from Edo, can't you ask him to be your bodyguard again? And she says, my pilgrimage, this journey, That uh, I won't be killing a single person. That's the kind of journey this is. Killing people and protecting people are both atonement to that man. Um, weeping people without any strength of their own, people who have their loved ones snatched away and spend their nights helpless in regret, people like that. That's what Nelda told me. Someone should be at that man's side. That's what I think. I'm no longer... I. Let's go, Mr. Curry-win. Um, But she doesn't want to leave Manji's side. She doesn't... like Just because she doesn't approve of his methods doesn't mean she doesn't want to spend time with him. And she, there are just these couple pages where she's just, like, crying as we see this beautiful backdrop of the place she's going to leave. But she picks herself up, and she keeps going. And we see 90 years later, Manji, um is in a new era. An era where he's not allowed to carry around swords. Uh, and he's he goes to uh, bury all of his old weapons. And he runs into the old lady who gave him the bloodworms uh, and told Rin where to find Manji. And he's his memory is fading, because he can't exactly remember what's up. But he remembers um, Rin and uh, part of her family after Manji left, um, after she left Manji, started like feuding and over 90 years. And there's this kid that he has to bring um, back home. Uh, and it's, you're going to protect this girl from me for a little while. And she's really young. She's like eight, younger than um, Rin was when Manji uh, took her under his wing. And it's, you want me to be a bodyguard and a mediator, old hag? Why'd you come to me? Don't you uh, and then it's, don't you think that would be a rough on a? Uh, no, it's still him. It's, don't you think that would be rough on a little kid? I'm living on air from day to day. I can't help her, so don't shove this on me. I don't even have enough to eat myself. And then she unrolls the uh, unrolls the original drawing that had been made of Manji that Rin had found him with, and a thing that she had carved. Uh, so that you know to show that they would always find each other. Um, and it's just, it's really sweet. And he says, ah, right when I finally made it back to Edo, I've got to go take this cushy white collar job. Ah, right when I finally made it back to Edo and was going to take this cushy white collar job. Ah, you say that, but you don't really mean it. Well, for now, it would be best to leave Edo today or tomorrow. I'm counting on you, Manji. In an era where you can't carry a sword, you'll have to protect that g- child with your body alone and keep protecting her to the end. It'll probably be a lot harder than cutting down a thousand villains. And he goes, ha, ah, I got it. And then he just takes care of this girl. and just really sweet. And he just lets her borrow his hat and just, they walk into the new century together. And it's so cute. He's a dad. I really love him a lot. Now, um, Manji has, uh, RBE, real, bi energy. Uh, he's not actually bi, but, like, he's having a blast. It's just how I headcanon him. He's sort of a mess, uh, but he's sort of a great mentor figure. And he's kind of what Red needs, and she's kind of what he needs. And it just, it works out really well. <laughs> Uh, I like that there's like low-key commie undertones and everything that uh, Magetsu does. I mean, he's not a communist, but you know, he hates the rich and he kind of hates the capitalist system. Feudalist system. I don't know how he feels about capitalism, but there's a great scene where Natsu takes, I think it's his four best men. And he's like, we're going to raid the Shogunate's compound, and we're going to just write shit on the wall, just to show him how strong we are. And I had, when I'd been rereading it, I had thought, um, oh god, Ruckus by the Wu-Tang Clan, and it's just, they like go in, and they wreck shop. It's such a good fight. The fights are beautiful, and also every character has their own unique fighting style, because this thing about theater real, like... No matter what you do, it's chill as long as you can beat someone. So there are fights that take place in, like, woods where the air is really low or fights that take place with swords that have holes in them to, like, make it easier to slice. Um, Fights where you can pretty much skewer the main character however much you want and he'll just keep getting back up until you have quite literally removed his arms and legs. Um... (sighs) It's sort of a mess, the fights, you know, like the messy kind of regular fight. Uh, There's so many good quotes of Wendy the Immortal. They're all really absurd. There's stuff like, what are you doing? And Meji just kisses um, Maki because he's being dramatic and wants to give her her um, tuberculosis meds, which were quite literally made for Meji's own liver. Um, and he's like, sex between man and a woman. Where he literally just kisses her and then, like, smashes his quite li- quite literal sword against hers. And, um, and just a lot of lines that are, like, absurd and kind of messed up, but are really funny. Um, like, oh, it's really gross. But there's this line that's like, what, a crying woman doesn't turn you on? And... Uh, Manji, at one point, like, sat to store, like, and needed, not a, like, a uh, scalpel, like, in the lining of his neck. <sighs> not his neck. He, he stores it, like, one of his scars. <laughs> Man- Manji is skilled in uh, creating his own body horror. Which is not always super fun to read, but it's cool. Now, bloody Immortal... Went on to inspire uh, an anime based on the book, which is not good. The anime is terrible. Uh, don't watch it. Uh, a movie, which is good, but not the best. And it doesn't exactly follow the plot because the plot of Blade of the Immortal is, you know, a long, thought-out narrative that can't really be condensed down into a movie. Um, and uh, the manga is the best part. Uh, but it also inspired Naruto, um, or at least some character designs in Naruto. Manji's character design uh, becomes Iruka's. Um, Megetsu becomes um, Kakashi. Uh, Manji's symbol uh, inspires the mark on Neji's head. All, you know, things that kind of carry over. And they both have, they both have similar themes of, like, what is passed down, like, can you pass goodwill down or can you pass bad will down? Like will the people you hurt always come back to bite you in the end? What's a legacy and how does yours carry on? Uh Bloody Immortal is a good manga. I've and I've said that, but it's a it's a good repeat. Um I wouldn't i don't think it's as like messed up as berserk. It is pretty bad, but it's I don't think it's berserk levels of so bad. Um But, uh, you know, just a warning. It's a condensed story, but it is 200 issues. But, you know, it's like a nice long narrative. There's not much that's really filler. Uh, Anything that might be considered filler is either a better understanding of Manji or Rin's characters, or um, uh, they have to take out, or or early stuff where they have to take out members of the Ito Ryu, or um a scene that is getting a character where they need to go, which you may think is filler at the moment, but will come back to be important later on. Uh there uh, there are a lot of cool ladies. They do always get short-sighted. Um Mackie remains the most powerful character in the thing and she's one of the one of the best characters in the whole thing. Like she's so well thought out and her character arc is so great. Yeah it's uh pretty gruesome but the art is great. Is, is it telling what I like? Is is it telling this just like, uh, like badass dudes in these like grim worlds who like get a younger sister and fight for good. Um, it's a story about you know fighting for control of your own body and also being in feudal Japan and trying to stay alive because the shogun doesn't care if you live or die, or in some cases explicitly wants you to die. Uh, so it goes all right. Uh, I highly recommend it. Manji is one of my all-time favorite characters. So is Rin. Uh, there's not a lot of content for it, which is a shame because it's very good. And I feel like more people should read it, watch it, etc. Uh, I probably have more I want to say, but I can't think of anything right now. But rest assured, it's really good. I highly recommend it.